Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and today my special guest is Amber French. Many of you may not know Amber, but I am very, very excited to introduce you to her. She is like the uh, the mystery entrepreneur around here in Washington. And I say that because she is one of the most humble leaders I have ever met, kind of staying behind the scenes in the limelight, avoiding kind of taking that spotlight on herself to just constantly put shine on her team and on her company on what they do. So she owns what's called The Athletics, which if you are in Washington you State, you know that that's like the powerhouse gym out here uh, for female fitness. They are crushing it and they are getting ready to open their seventh location. Um, six of which will be in Washington. So the, they're opening their fifth one, or I'm sorry, their sixth one in Washington. And they opened another one in Arizona. So if you're in Arizona, there's a gym out there as well. Um, and I, I can only imagine they're going to continue growing and growing and growing. I've known about V Athletics for a long time. I've seen many of the people I went to school with, people I trained in the gym, and people I just know through mutual friends constantly going and signing up and working out there and raving about this gym. Yet I didn't know who owned it. And I was literally so curious. I actually had to do some digging and I finally found who she was. Um, and I, we had a good conversation. I invited her over to the headquarters to do a podcast. And that's what you guys are about to listen to. And I interviewed her on female entrepreneurship, on leadership, on training the female versus the male, on her background, her story, her drive, why she did what she did and how she's built it the way that she has built it. Because the energy, the culture, the community, it is absolutely contagious in there. Um, I have so much respect for what they do. I appreciated her coming in and sharing her story and how she's built this up to where it is uh, today. Uh, And I'm very, very excited for you guys listening, especially for all the females listening who want to be empowered to accomplish more in their life if you're a female entrepreneur or you're a mother, which she is a mother as well as an entrepreneur um, and a very, very fit individual who trains many people. And although she still owns all these gyms, she is still on the gym floor training people every single week because that is part of her mission statement. So very excited. I, I can cannot say enough about this woman. Very excited for you guys to hear her story and to learn from Amber. So if you like this podcast, you like this episode and you get a lot out of it, make sure you please do me a huge favor. Follow V Athletics, follow Amber. Both of those will be in the description of this podcast tag both of them and share it on your story. Tag myself at Cody McBroom. We want to share it on our stories and we want to thank you for listening. Now, without any further ado, let's get into the episode with Amber French. Testing. Joking. Do you sound professional? I sure do. Doesn't it feel cool? It's different. I just started miking up in class recently. Uh, We added those like a year ago, so this isn't too crazy, but... Is it a headset mic? Yeah. Not like this, obviously. Smaller, yeah, more like <laughs> a little more. Style. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we all feel better with them. So okay, so how many locations? Six, but hopefully soon seven. Okay, and the seventh is going to be in University Place, Washington. Okay, and you guys already went to Arizona. Yes, we have one in Chandler, and we hope to expand out there in the right time. We're just letting that one grow a little bit more and get its own legs, and then we'll keep pushing. Okay, and what made you go to Arizona? It's like a random, like all these Washington ones and then like, boom. I I have no idea. No. Um, So, you know, when COVID happened, I actually almost signed a lease in Seattle and I was super pumped about it. I went to UW, so I have some familiarity Mm. over there. I don't, I really, if you look at all my locations, it's as complicated as where do I live? Oh, where did I go to school as a kid? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just what I'm comfortable with. And I have some experience in Seattle for many years. So we were trying to expand out there, but then COVID hit. And I think that put a kink in everyone's plans, including ours. And um, 
Seattle at that time, I, things might change. I need to check back into it. Wasn't as friendly for yeah. small business, especially to enter in with the unknown. And so those leases naturally fell, fell through. And then Arizona opened my husband. It's kind of funny. He works for Intel. And he was just saying how Intel was expanding to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And a lot is a lot of tech is going out there. Um, a lot of big companies. And with that is a lot of people. And so I was like, well, people need a gym. And Arizona is cheaper than Washington as of now. That could be changing too as people move in. Yeah. The prices will inflate. But, yeah. you know, it just seemed like a good opportunity. Um, I didn't know where else in Washington at that point. UP wasn't on my radar because I thought, oh, we're already in Tacoma. Like, check, we're done. But I didn't understand fully how many people were there and how much interest was mm-hmm. there. So then we, yeah, we just decided let's just try something. And me, emotionally, I was like, well, I want to test the brand. Like, did I just get lucky because I'm the local girl that's here and had some people and a network and grew it from there? Or can this thing thrive on its own just because it's needed? And so it's kind of been a cool test for us, for our confidence and our brand. And I mean, if it does well in Arizona, who's to say it can't do well somewhere else too? Yeah, 100%. Is Chandler near Scottsdale area? Or? No. So in Scottsdale's like, I feel like the place Washingtonians know. Like 100%. we all go it's the only place <laughs> like, I've gone. Yeah, exactly. You're golfing, you're everywhere, right? Yeah. So um, Chandler's actually like, I, I could, would compare it to um, Scottsdale's a bit more bougie. It's like Bellevue mm-hmm. of Washington, if I had to oh, compare yeah. it. Whereas I was looking for like the Puyallup. I wanted to start with what I started over here. Mm-hmm. And those families, you know, schools, churches, you're just looking for community, you know, parks. And um, that felt like Chandler to me. There was a couple other good options, but Chandler was good. Yeah, the fitness community in general, I think, is pretty good in in Arizona. Like when I think of uh, places, I'm like Austin, Texas, it seems like is pretty popular for fitness people, too. Um, But I know Arizona is as well. Um, And then I feel like, you know, California is popular for everything for the most part. But right. um, But hot states typically are more into fitness. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. And they got that. Well, and if it's you different. killed it here, I mean, <laughs> you're probably going to kill it there. We hope. We hope. It's not. It's much harder when it's not in your backyard. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is by opening up in Arizona, it improved our game for Washington as well because we had to create systems, whether it be yeah. training or um, communication styles because now we didn't have the ease of just running into people accidentally. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that meeting. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you just get that natural conversation. There we didn't. So that team's thriving independently because they're like a tight ship. I think that's one of the most uh, probably misunderstood. I don't know about misunderstood. I think it's understood the right way by the right people. But one of the things that holds back a lot of people from growing businesses is lack of systems. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. most of us just wing it at first. I'm I sure was going to say, I, I, I can't say I came in with yeah. that mindset, but you quickly adjust if you want to keep going. Yeah, because you can't. You can't. And you can't not rely on other people within those systems for mm-hmm. it to grow, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I can relate to that because our team's everywhere. We've had coaches out of country and all right. the States, not literally all the right. States, but throughout the country and to get it to be cohesive and everybody work together, like you really have to have good systems and communication oh, yeah. and everything like that. So, um, now over here, Tacoma is probably pretty similar. You said you have two in Tacoma, including UP, right? Not yet. So UP is hopeful for the first quarter of 2023. Oh, okay. So it's not open yet. No, Got I just it. was on oh, yeah, site a seven. couple of days ago. That Got would it. be number seven. But we do have one in Tacoma, though. Okay. But Tacoma is like, uh, I mean, Puyallup is the same way. There's like Puyallup, but there's Puyallup, downtown, South Hill, Graham, mm-hmm. 
I don't even know if there's more, but that I would, yeah. So South Hill and downtown Puyallup would be Puyallup. Yeah. Graham, Spanaway, that's when you start getting out a bit more down Meridian. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's why you want to kind of pick spots that will, like, for example, Graham people will come to South Hill. Mm-hmm. South Hill is less likely to go to Graham. So you have to understand not just a map and population density, you have to understand the mindset of people. Like, where are they willing to drive to? Yeah. Like, you know, Buckley people, um, they're, I hope I'm not misquoting this, but I heard are more likely to drive to Bonnie Lake or more towards Puyallup versus, you know, Bonnie Lake people go to Enumclaw. Yeah. Like, there's just a natural flow where people want to go. I would agree with that. And I think it's, it's funny because if you think, it, I mean, I could be the same distance from both those places. But there's that one road going to Enumclaw that gets backed up all the time. So you think of like Meridian, for example. Um, we were on Meridian yesterday and right. we took a back Sorry. road and we popped on a Meridian for like a second to get off again. And it was just chaos. Yeah, like you a, avoid Meridian. That's why 100%. downtown Puyallup and South Hill can thrive. It's actually a big, it's kind of an experiment I did with UP. So I have North Tacoma. But the location I found for UP is only 4.6 miles away. My closest comparison is Puyallup and South Hill that are 5.6 miles away, oddly enough. So I was like, ah, that's real close. Like, I'm like, is that big, of you know, that much of a difference? Like 4.6 miles. Am I going to be paying two rents for the same audience or am I capturing new people? Yeah. Um, Where's North Tacoma now? North, where is it? Yeah, um, like I'm, I'm You know, just, like Rustin, like okay, Rustin okay, Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you were just to be walking on the boardwalk with your family, my gym's probably about five minutes or less from okay. that spot. So, you know, all those condominiums mm-hmm. are there. You have Point some defiance, lifestyle, the zoo. I mean, yeah, it has great community. And what I love about that gym is it's like in the middle of neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, a bunch of retail, which is fine. I know gyms thrive there too, but I found it to be very comfortable to be where people live and where their kids go to school. Yeah. So our women's gym, especially we went to school in Fife. Um, and so we hung out in Tacoma all the time because it's like Fife Tacoma. Fife Mm -hmm. isn't even, it's like a port of Tacoma basically. Right. There's not even a grocery store. It's horrible. (laughs) Um, but I had, uh, like one of my really good friends lived in UP and I remember Mm -hmm. it, he didn't have his license and being like, Oh fuck, I got to drive Mazda (laughs) into UP. Cause it was, even though it's all Tacoma, it is a pretty good John. So I, I would say that you made a good move with that. I would mm-hmm. assume in, even over Narrows Bridge, there's probably people. Yeah. So we have, yeah, Gig Harbor. Um, yeah, they're all so different. And, you know, so like the UP one, it was only 4.6 miles away. I thought uh, maybe it will just take off pressure from my Tacoma gym, which is actually my strongest gym now. I never thought anyone would beat mm. Puyallup, but it became our strongest. So I was like, okay, if I don't make a move now to protect the customer experience, because we have a cap size of 25, that's what we found we can manage. Per class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the amount of people with functional fitness, how we approach it. We can manage 25 bodies with excellence over that, which we have done in the past. It limits my programming creativity because I have Mm -hmm. to think, okay, if 50 bodies show up, do I really want to do a barbell complex? Like, can my coach handle that well? Probably not now that I have the comparison. Um, So, yeah, we have a cap size of 25. So once people can't start getting into class naturally as a paying customer, that's not a good thing. So UP was, I never wanted to do UP, I guess, but when I found that we needed to expand to protect that experience, um, but then it's crazy. Yeah, I think I think UP could be our strongest gym day one, maybe. You've said a few things that like I want to highlight just because it's like why I love what you guys do so much. Um, and I've been a fan from afar for a while because it was just like, Thank you. The, it, it, I just kept seeing like, oh, like there's another girl I know posting that. <laughs> 
Like, oh, there's another person we tagging We post that a lot, gym. yeah. You know, like, <laughs> we there's We used to all get a lot stuff. of crap for that, but we post a lot. And then I, like, I love sushi, so we'd go get uh-huh. chopped sushi, and I'd just see it fucking popping down. <laughs> I'm like, damn, they're killing it. Um, so, uh, kudos to you for that. Thank but you. Um, I think it's it's really cool, because I, so when I started, I started running boot camps, because it was, mm-hmm. not because I, in, that's what I want to do, but because, like, you're an intern, and then you get to be the demonstration, and then you <laughs> get to run boot camps, and then eventually you get to work with people one-on-one. Right. But- I've ran boot camps and training group training sessions with 50, 60, 70, even 80 mm-hmm. people for these mm-hmm. like charity events we would do. Mm-hmm. And although the energy's cool and exciting, like, like you said, mm-hmm. we're doing extremely basic stuff and right. I'm never going to tell somebody that's how you get great results. Mm-mm. And and people know on this podcast, like I'm very into individualizing the experience. So I love that you guys have a cap because mm-hmm. most people would go, instead of saying, how do I expand gyms? AKA invest more money, pay more money out of my pocket so that I can continue to keep this high level experience. Mm-hmm. How do I like kind of dull down the, the programming, dull down mm-hmm. the experience, which Water nobody would say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that I can save money and just make more money, yeah. you know, which you didn't do. Totally. I mean, there's that sweet spot, right? And in full transparency, like we used to not have a cap because I used to be a little bit more insecure when I first started out being like, Oh, I'm scared of people can't get in. So like, I kind of just like said, We'll yes. figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And then I realized, oh, that's, it's not really, and, and COVID really kind of, you know, fine tune that for us. It's, I would never wish COVID upon us all again, but what it did was help me run a better business mm-hmm. in every way, like top to bottom. And one of those was, you know, when we could only have like five people in a room, regardless of how big your space was, yeah. that was some of the coolest programming Mm because it was just so much fun. Um, But then taking that same idea and then scaling it to, you know, then I got to try 10 because I was allowed 10 people. Then we got 15 and then 20. And I was like, okay, we can do 25 to get the most people in. But then past that, I I have to like, you know, change some values. I have to like not get as creative in my programming. Also just space and general enjoyment of, you know, the environment, like not being on top of people too. I like a... I like to have our own little space. It's important to know your brand because once you start adjusting the way you do things to fit and accommodate other people, you're no longer your brand. Mm-hmm. We ran into that a lot because some of the stuff that we do is it's very individual. So we've been asked even by coaches of like, Hey, like one of the, the members had an idea, like, could we do this group thing for this? Can we do this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, we can't. Like, <laughs> I love that idea and I love yes. that thing. But it changes what tailored coaching method is, which means we're not tailored coaching method right. anymore, which is a, not a good thing to do as a business owner. But I think that comes with confidence. Mm-hmm. You've, maybe you always were like that. I would say that it took me a while to really know who we were and to stand by that. And then really respectfully, kindly let someone know, I think what you're looking for is more what this person offers or yep. what this business offers. And you can get those benefits from them if that's truly what you want. And that's what I've learned too, is that business is so much like, it's not right or wrong. It's just, what do you want to do? Yeah. Like you don't have to demonize something or someone else. It's really just like, what well, this is what we do. Here's mm-hmm. our approach. And we know it's not, you know, for everyone, but it's for someone. And that's what you need to focus on. Yeah. That's yeah. why we changed the name to Taylor Coachman. We rebranded a few years ago and it was because I finally figured it out because <laughs> I did. I just said yes to everything for a while. Cause I was like, <laughs> yeah, I just want to help people. So yes, 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 yes. And then you kind of realize you're not the best at everything. You're good at one thing. Yeah. Um, it's the same reason we've referred people to you and I've referred people to other people. And that's, mm-hmm. that's confidence in yourself to say, yeah. Hey, we're not the right thing for you, but there is somebody that does what you, right. what you want really well. Yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, 
especially V, it's kind of a niche, right? Like we're a very strong generalist program. That's what I would call ourselves. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we do functional fitness. We do full body workouts with focuses. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, you know, sometimes people get it confused with other brands and stuff. It's very different approach, but, um, but yeah, no, you just got to know, sorry, I don't even know where I was going with that mom brain. I guess that's full effect. What were you talking? We we were uh, we were at urgent care last night. That's why we we're in um, my daughter's croup. She's fine. Okay. But, I mean, croup sucks, but yeah, it's like the third. She's gonna time. live, right? Yeah. But um, I and it's funny because I realized how big Pialp was because like we we were like, all right, this we? urgent care does walk-ins. No, they don't. Okay, there's another Pialp urgent care that does walk-ins. No, they don't. Yeah. There's another. We literally were just Call in Pialp. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> zigzagging. It was like the fourth one. I'm like, how many? Puyallup or this is nuts, yeah. but, um, anyway, so I totally get it. Yes. Uh, but it's make you tired. The, uh, the thing like, let's, let's take a step back actually, because, um, we didn't even talk about the, <laughs> um, I mean, we have been this whole time, but like, I really want to start there. Cause you told me, but I kind of forget. And I want you to say it sure. on the podcast anyway. What does that mean? What does v, v mean? Yeah. So it's spelled V I E and it's a French word that means life. And I always tell people, you know, like say la vie. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it's a good, and most people call it vi, right? Because we're American and that's how we read it, but mm-hmm. it's actually be athletic. So life athletics. And I just, um, yeah, my husband and I were traveling abroad and one of the places we were going was France. And at that time we were kind of thinking about the next step before starting a business. And by we, it was me. Um, and I just really loved the French language. I learned a little bit of it. And then I was just like, oh, that's simple. It can transition well to other titles. I like it. Yeah. It's, I think there's a, there's a valuable aspect from a marketing perspective when there's like a mysterious aspect to a brand name. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best way to go is either kind of mysterious cause it gets people like wanting to know what this means. Right. And then the other one is like, it's gotta be so blatantly obvious that <laughs> yeah. like they can't forget it. Right. Um, so V is life. I love that. Yeah. Um, tell like what made you want to start a gym and then on top of that, a female only gym. Right, right. Um, so I've always been passionate about sports, and I feel like all fitness entrepreneurs can say that. Or, you know, they had a love of sports, or they were active their whole lives. Maybe not everyone, but a lot can. And so, yeah, I grew up with brothers. Um, and then it just kind of kept developing from there. And I actually got a scholarship to the University of Washington for sprinting. Mm. So I ran track there. I played basketball, was recruited for that as well. But I decided just I wanted to be in the Pac-10 regardless of sport. So <laughs> that's the only one they wanted me for. Um, so, yeah, it kind of just – and there I didn't know it, but I got to work with really great trainers and different approaches. You know, you had guys, you know, football coaches to Olympian coaches. They all kind of like swim around this circle, right? So they ended up there, some of them. And so I got to work with a lot of people, a lot of different approaches. And I swear, um, like collegiate trainers change out a lot due to the, you know, a new coach comes in, yeah. he brings his new staff, things like that. And so I got a lot of different viewpoints and approaches and things like that. So once I was done with college, I was like, well, this is what I love. This is what I do. It's super cliche. The, you know, the college athlete stays in fitness, but that's just what I wanted to do. And so I got, you know, a couple other certs after that. I interned um, at a gym, and then from there, I worked at five different gyms at once um, because you know how it is to make full-time hours Mm -hmm. and pay when you're, you know, a trainer. And so to you have to hustle. You can't just think most of the time, at least I didn't have this, you can't just go to one gym and expect to get like a very clean 40 hours a week. I mean, I was cold calling, you know, all the things, just trying to hustle and get clients. Um, I actually started out one-on-one. 
for me, that was a little bit easier because I felt like I had to develop a critical eye for movement mm -hmm. before moving on to groups. Yeah. That was just how I personally approached it. Um, and with one-on-one, -on -one, I feel like you get a lot of people with, you know, trauma or they have a lot of needs, whether they've gone through chemo and their bone density, or you just get to see a lot of different people. So it was nice. I learned a lot during that time. I feel kind of bad for my first clients ever. <laughs> I'm sure my programming I looked very too. different than it yeah. does now, but you have to start somewhere. And then from there, I started doing all women's boot camps and things like that at gyms or, um, there's, you know, plenty of really great all women's gyms out there as well that I got to see and experience. And I just had an opportunity when I was moving home being like, okay, like, you know, my husband and I, we had been pretty frugal and we'd saved our money and I just wanted to give it a shot. And I loved the dynamic that all women together provide. And so many people have mistaken that with um, sometimes, you know, oh, do you not like men or, you know, prejudice or discrimination? Not at all. You're I mean, married, so. I have children. I'm <laughs> married. I don't hate men, obviously. <laughs> but I would say that um, I think there's nothing wrong with having a focus or mm -hmm. a specialty. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I hope that through um, helping women get stronger and strengthening them, giving them more confidence, positive relationships to cling to and help facilitate that they are better partners, that they are better mothers or colleagues or leaders or whatever it is. So uh, yeah, I think um, just getting the opportunity to focus in on them is so beneficial for yeah. everyone. Most men usually that are attached to women at V Athletics send us a lot of thank yous. And they're very, very sweet about it. Yeah. So I think that, and you kind of mentioned you guys are like generalists, which mm -hmm. I love. A generalist so program. Yeah. We're I not think, a specialty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think people overthink the whole niche thing when mm -hmm. they're getting into the industry. I see this all the time with people online that are like, what's my niche? And I'm like, sometimes you read Instagram bios and it's <laughs> like, I help, uh, like women with thyroid issues who want to be better golfers <laughs> and lose 20 pounds. And it's just like, wait, what? Like, it's just so weird. Um, and although we work, we, we say that we work with advanced gen pop. So it's like, mm -hmm. we don't net what we have, but we don't put people on stage that often. We don't work with like extreme athletes all the time, right. but there are people who just want a little bit more of the science, but they're everyday people. Right? right. And so people will say, Oh, well, what do you specialize in? Nothing. We work with men, women, fat loss, muscle growth, yeah. health, like what, you know, it's generalist. Um, I like that approach better. I think that's really cool. But I think it kind of relates to the idea of just women too, because I think, you know, people will harp on like you guys don't bring men in there. And I think the reality is, is like, generally speaking, I think women have a harder time lifting weights, getting in the gym, feeling confident in the gym setting compared to men. Now yeah. people are probably going to like bitch and complain about the one random scenario where that's not the case for this guy. And it's like, okay, we get it. But what about all these women who do have that issue? Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's super powerful because mm -hmm. it is common. There's a lot of women who don't yeah. want to lift or they're afraid to go to a normal gym lift because right. they're worried about other dudes looking at them or people judging, even if they're mm -hmm. not judging, it's just perceived. Right. But, but regardless, that stops them from doing it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, to be fair, you could ask your, your mom, like you, we both talked about this prior, but we're both in our thirties. Um, or you could ask your grandmothers if you want to take it up a notch. Um, what did they do for fitness? Mm -hmm. Or what do they do for sports? Just ask them and, or ask a few and you'll see that it's much more limited than mm -hmm. it is now. So you're working with just the generation above us that didn't really do much. And if you did, you were a bit of an outlier. Like it was a little weird. Um, and so I feel like my generation was the first one to really embrace this and kind of um, get really comfortable. And you see it in sports too, because 
women's times I did track, for example, right? Like the time I ran, I thought was really good then. Now, like I'm being blown yeah. out of the water. <laughs> like it's insane. It's crazy. But I think it's, if, especially for women, I think it's just because they lacked opportunity or the confidence to do the sports, mm-hmm. you know, or train like, um, like men and women, right? Yes, there are different approaches to fitness for men and women. Like for us, we put more of an emphasis on, we call it the V booty, but our glutes, right? Um, compared to maybe we will our pecs. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a way my programming, it's not to say one or the other isn't there, but one's more dominant. Yeah. And the way we program, whereas a man might not want that approach. And yeah. so I think it's just kind of, yeah, understanding what women want, providing a beautiful space for them to be comfortable to like, I feel like gyms, especially, um, they, um, not all gyms, but sometimes it's like, what's the least we can do to make this functional and a good space. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I really wanted to provide an environment that a woman felt at home and was sophisticated yet functional, really beautiful, and just put the extra time and finances to make that happen for them. And I think that, you know, I'm just constantly thinking like, what would she want? What would I want? What would I want in a space? The way it sounds, feels, what you hear, you know, all the things, all the senses. I think, uh, I mean, we're going to bounce around a little bit because things keep coming up in my mind. And mm-hmm. and I want to come back to like the male versus female sure. programming because mm-hmm. I see a lot of people say like, you don't need to train differently. And although like that's a very simplistic answer, I guess you could get away with that. We primarily work with women. Right. And I think, I think there's a part of that that is uh, men are more egotistical and they have a hard time hiring <laughs> men or anybody to coach them, to be honest with you. But women like guidance. Yeah. We're and, actually... More like accepting of my, it. My, yeah, I keep, I haven't gone back to my track days in a long time, but my track coach would say women wanted to please more. Therefore, they were more interested in feedback. Mm. They're more interested in being coached, whereas the male athletes are not so much like that. Yeah, 100% way more coachable. And I think yeah. that's why we predominantly work with women. Yeah. Um, but I tell people all the time, I don't program the same for my men versus women at all. <laughs> even if, even if they had the same goals, I don't think the, the female body would be able to handle as much volume on their pecs because mm-hmm. it's a smaller muscle right. for them. And then their tendons and ligaments aren't going to be able to handle as much, you know? So I think there's a huge difference there. Um, so I want to, so we'll, we'll start yeah. there and then we'll come back to uh, the, d- like the way yeah. your gym looks. Cause that's actually how I finally found out who you were. Cause you like to stay hidden, which is a whole <laughs> different topic. Um, but like programming for men versus women, obviously I'm assuming you did both before mm-hmm. V it, and do you feel like mm-hmm. it's primarily just like looking at, what muscles they actually want to build more. I mean, each person's, each person's different, especially when I trained men, it was only like one-on-one or semi personal Mm -hmm. training, semi private personal training. Um, and it just depends if they had more of an athletic focus, like Mm -hmm. they were a marathon runner and they wanted to incorporate strength to improve that time. Or if they were more of a bodybuilder type, that's going to be more interested in isolation and, you know, building muscle mass for me, women and men could all have all those different kind of focuses. So first you had to figure out which each one wanted. I guess for me, I found that most women just prioritized a look over maybe a PR. Um, not all. And, and that's, um, that's why I say at V we take more of it, and I know this term's been thrown around a lot, but a functional bodybuilding perspective because, yes, you're using functional fitness and you're still honoring, like, um, time under tension principles. Like, we take our time in our workouts and we really focus on connecting with the movement. But at the end of the day, we're not competing or looking for improved time or even 
improved weight, which will happen. I mean, that happens and we celebrate those, but it's not a focus. And we just kind of are trying to get that feel and that look we want in our bodies. So that that's kind of what we do, but men and women, I mean, yes, it's different. Um, biologically men can just handle more weight. I mean, that's just, I don't need to tell you that. Like that's just obvious. Um, but I'm trying to think back, man, I haven't coached men in so long. It's been a decade, but I wish I would have came up with the term functional bodybuilding first. Isn't it great? It's a really good term. (laughs) It makes sense. And it's funny because you see people talking about it and you're like, I don't think that's what that really is. Like, I don't think that's (laughs) accurate. And then I was talking to uh, somebody, he owns a gym in Alabama, actually, uh, my buddy, Andy. And he was like, I'm doing more because I'm doing his nutrition stuff and he was a voice member. He's like, I'm doing more of a a functional bodybuilding approach. Actually, I don't even know what the fuck that means anymore. Like, I'm basically just bodybuilding. I just choosing movements that are conducive to my joints and my body and right. being able to move well. And I think that's ultimately, I think what it's it is. adding that mobility perspective. Yeah. Um, but also, but it, can't you tell like a difference between someone who specializes in functional versus bodybuilding, like the yeah. way they move, mm-hmm. it's very different. Um, and I don't know, I like the mix of two. I think it's a mix of focus, right? Yeah. Cause you have someone who's like, like I would say who, who started like functional fitness and made it really cool, especially for classes would be CrossFit. Yeah. They really paved the way on that. And, um, you know, functional fitness was about how much weight could you lift and how fast can you do it? Mm-hmm. That's like kind of their thing. And so you have to be mobile with those kind of goals. Whereas bodybuilders are like taking their time and they're doing their supersets and they yeah. got buys and tries and, you know, other things the other days. So it's just like, how do you take those two different approaches and, I think it's fun because you get the functional side, which I think is more fun. I can't personally just like pound out, you know, four times 10 sets and feel and move on. Like I have to have like a sweat. It's just for my mental health. I just Mm got to like get sweaty and that's what the functional provides. I agree. And I think, I think the problem with, and I'm not against CrossFit. Um, I've worked with competitors and everything. I think it's, I love watching the games. It's impressive. Uh, It's extremely impressive. Uh, And I'm not, it's funny. You were saying like most trainers have sports and like, I'm sure he was like laughing. (laughs) I saw your, (laughs) I could tell. I was like, he accept me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, I played soccer growing up and I skateboarded a lot. um, And, and it's actually funny, like you saying how like sports have changed. Like, I mean, skateboarding's in the Olympics now, and mm-hmm. we have fourteen-year-old girls who are professional skateboarders. Right? No, it's a thing. I see it, it on Instagram now. So I was really excited to watch the Olympics <laughs> this year for skateboarding, but like, I don't watch sports. Period. I just, I yeah. just never been into it. But, um, but no, I think like the problem with CrossFit is it ends up getting too intense and too fast and too much load. And when we talk about the everyday person, yes, what is functional for, for them? certain people? Yes, you know, it's not functional if. Now, like, and I really, this lesson hit me home when I had my daughter because she's like, come in my princess tent, which is like this little thing. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like trying to crawl. And I remember, so I had some knee injuries and this was before my second surgery. Um, my, uh, meniscus would literally like, it was a bucket handle tear. So it would actually like mm-hmm. pop in and out. Yes. And I was crawling out of her princess tent and it popped. So it was stuck. And she's like, come on, come on. <laughs> and I couldn't, I had to manually grab my leg and like pop it back into place. Ugh. Because I couldn't really get into a good quadruped position for too long, mm-hmm. right? I can't sit on my heels, anything like that. Eventually, I had surgery. Mm-hmm. Now, it's way better. But that was an eye-opening moment for me, too, to get back to some of the functional stuff. Because that's how mm-hmm. I started was, mm-hmm. like, real strength and conditioning, not bodybuilding. Right. Um, but most people want to look better, mm-hmm. right? So being able to do Move both, well, I think, is so good. good. Yeah. yeah. It's so, mm-hmm. so important. Um, now, the women that come 
into your gym is that mainly what they're after just they just want to look better do some of them have i, mean, I gotta imagine you have some kind of performance element in of there of course yeah so um the average woman that comes to be athletics well okay kind of the beauty of it though the balance we've been able to strike is that we do have ages and this is not made up numbers but 14 is our youngest that's kind of our like you're ready mm-hmm. maturity wise unless you're a special case that's kind of like the number we tell the public and then we have anyone up into their early 70s so we have a really wide range Love of it. Women, yeah, and within that, you can imagine you have all different body types, Mm -hmm. experience levels, you know, athleticism throughout, and so we take our program, and we just, um, we have pre-modifications. I don't know if you've seen the way we do classes, and this also was- not allowed inside. (laughs) I'm just joking. I can tell you how we do stuff, though. (laughs) But hey, you can come to our co-ed workouts. It's a thing. Hey, there you you go. You can just find find a friend and be a guest for (laughs) us, so we do those often. But um, yeah, so they actually get fed their workout before we have over a month's worth of mm. programming done in advance so they're like prepared for yeah, it I like so that. yeah it kind of already sets the tone like um someone who like maybe has a knee issue you know they lack cartilage getting on the ground isn't probably going to be ideal for them well we have a reverse lunge where they get close to it but they don't have to like put their body weight on their knee i'm thinking of a certain explosions a certain movement we do um but yeah, so there's a lot of different modifications. They get the work in advance. They get a video of it that's nice and tidy for them. And then they come in and our coaches are there to support them. We we monitor the room so we don't actually work out with them. I know there's lots of different approaches with, you know, like you have especially like cyclists. They're up there and they're spinning with mm-hmm. you and dying and stuff. But we're there purely to observe and support and correct. And um, and we're hype girls too. But then we we kind of just go around, and of course people, um, if they want to mark down a PR or something like that, they can. But most women like will say, "Hey, girls, like today is we're doing four reps of something, right? So we're in that one to five range. This is considered heavy at V in one to five. Yeah. We never usually do one unless it's every thirty seconds. That's a different formula, but." Yeah. Um, so let's say two to five. So for us, that would be heavier. So we just kind of train our words to be like, Hey, like that comfort weight, that yellow kettlebell you go for every day. That's not for you today. If your formal allows it, I'd like you to bump up to 44 pounds or, and then you kind of help them select. So it's more like ranges like, Hey, this is medium weight. This is heavy today. And then helping them guide because we don't go off of that one rep max. I can't say 80% of your one rep max and things like that. So we don't have a ton of like objective marks to work off of. Um, but the woman that comes into V doesn't mind that she just wants to feel challenged. She wants her body to move well and safe. She doesn't want to get injured and we can definitely provide that. I think that opens up what a PR means though, too. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody hits a PR with a kettlebell for eight reps, it's still a personal record. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like let them celebrate. Yeah. That. That's great. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I agree. We don't, we just don't get as nitty gritty. Like yeah. we don't write it down in books or on a board. Yeah. It's very personal. And how many of those people really need to be doing a one or a of anything <laughs> no. anyway? No, <laughs> actually I've cut out. So we use a barbell at V kind of with that mindset and we do some Olympic lifting. We dabble into it. So we'll do, um, cleans, right. Mm-hmm. Or power cleans. I never went to CrossFits, but I hired an Olympic lifter to just train me one-on-one for quite some time. And I did some courses there, but, um, so all our terminology matches there is not maybe what you see in mainstream, but, um, basically I decided the snatch, the barbell snatch is not for us. There's a lot of different overhead movements we can do that provide benefit. Yeah. 
and that was just too high risk and I wasn't going to program it enough to do it justice. Like I really think if you're going to do barbell snatches, you're probably doing them every week, if not multiple times a week. Yeah. So everyone can learn it because you can't learn a barbell snatch well when you just do it once a month and maybe you hit it, maybe you don't. Yeah. And then you throw it in. So I think it's just like, again, it's just, we talked about this earlier, like knowing who your brand is and then sticking to it, whether it's movement or how you hire how you design your logos, everything, just like know who you are. And um, that applies even in our movements. I tell girls all the time, like if you want to like lift the heaviest deadlift in the world, like that's just your goal. Like you just want to set a record. V athletics can help you. Cause again, who's going to like not get a benefit from a generalist program. But at the end of the day, we're probably not the right fit for you because like you said earlier, you're going to have to be deadlifting a lot more than yeah. what we're going to do in class to get there. So, you know, we're not for everyone for someone yeah yeah I, I think that's the most powerful like the most powerful brands that's how they are mm-hmm. they're not for everybody they're for a specific somebody yeah um and and I kind of want to lean into some of that because I think one of the most and you're too humble to to say this but I will say it for the people <laughs> listening the v brand is extremely powerful um it's I mean now it's out of state which is so cool so congrats on that Thank and you. I have no doubt that it's going to keep expanding like there's no doubt in my mind because I've noticed it from afar for so long and like I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a very well-known symbol as mm-hmm. crazy as that sounds. And it's probably mm-hmm. really crazy for you to hear. Yeah. Cause like I even know, um, for myself, like when I hear those kind of things, like some, I talked to somebody on the phone. Um, I saw somebody at a Luke, Luke Combs. I think it was Luke Combs concert. I don't, yeah. I don't listen to her. My <laughs> wife does. I was going for her. Good for you. Um, but, uh, I ran into somebody there that listened to the podcast and I had two beers in my hand and I was walking to my seat and she like stopped me and it was like weird. Cause I, I was yeah. awkward. Yeah. But it was like, wow, this is really cool. Like, we're affecting people. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that in our state on a crazy level. Um, it, it's it's really, really cool. But the, the craziest part is that I always wondered, who owns this place? <laughs> like, it's so, like, that is, like, and to me, that's extremely impressive. And the more I have built my company, the more I value not being on social media, not being publicly mm-hmm. but I have to be Yours to a certain different. degree you're different yeah but your like personality is a big selling point for what you do well and what we've been focusing on a lot is building the brand so much that it doesn't have to be that because it is more than me it's just that people don't realize that mm-hmm. um but point being is like that's what I've, I've respected that so much about you and it was funny because uh my buddy um who and I, I was going to bring him up when you mentioned like during COVID you could only have a certain amount of people mm-hmm. in a certain space mm-hmm. he's got like a 13,000 square foot gym over in Silverdale mm-hmm. and he still could only let like yeah. a few people in yeah. and he's like we can barely hear each other the, from across the bigger your building was the more frustrating that time was yeah, yeah I bet so um but he uh he's having my wife redo his gym because uh she redid his master bedroom and then his living room mm-hmm. and now his son's room and they're like just trying to hire her for That's everything awesome. it's really cool and uh, he was showing us pictures and I was like, oh, that's the gym right next to mine. And he was like, oh yeah, I reached out to the owner and I was asking her like questions about her design and her decor <laughs> and the woodwork you have in there yeah. and stuff. Um, so when you, you were saying the environment made me think of that because I was like, how did you find her? And he was like, man, it took me a while. I was digging. <laughs> and so he sent me your Instagram and then I reached out to you via Instagram. So thank you. His yeah. name's Cody as well, Cody Smith, um, for doing that. But um the environment you've created and like the thing that stands out to me, I don't know if you've ever read the book, the leader who has no title, but phenomenal book. You are like the epitome of it because you you. have built this. 
it's a really, really cool story. And it's about the, this leader of this massive company. Um, and you don't realize till the end of the book, I'm going to spill the beans. He's been in the book the whole time mm. because he doesn't say that he's the owner. He's still mm. doing a lot of the grunt work. He's still doing like he's in the trenches, talking mm-hmm. to people, communicating with people, speaking to members and mm-hmm. things like that. And, it, and it's very clear that you're able to like lead from the front and lead by example and lead this team. And now it's growing and growing and growing. So just in general, like why that route? Why have like, do you feel like that mm-hmm. has contributed to your mm-hmm. growth? Like what advice do you have for other entrepreneurs? Like, I think it's just such right. a powerful and missed concept today. Well, I think that you're going to get, so yeah, I mean, I'll talk about V, but all my leaders, including myself, right? So there's a, there's like a minimal hierarchy. I naturally make all the calls from the top, but then I have Jess Hansen, who's my regional director. She's been with me for seven years now, right? So she's just my go-to, very trustworthy, very efficient, um, completely opposite than me in every way. Um, And then you have our coach leads and the coaches, And I make all of us, regardless of position, everyone must coach. And it's part of who we are. It's part of our title. I mean, it's very healthy for all of us to grab a broom and a mop every month Mm -hmm. if the gym needs cleaned. I just did it like a couple weeks ago. And just to keep that mentality of we're not better than this. This is who we are. Like we have the privilege of being coaches. And I really think that that keeps myself as well as the other people making those bigger decisions very in tune with you know, the product and the experience and what the people want. That's why we don't send out surveys ever. We we don't need to because I'm actively with all the members Mm -hmm. all the time. And so they just talk to us and therefore I know everything they want or don't want or definitely don't like sometimes. And so we have access to them. But no, I think that um, like humility and just what that really is, is just, you know, working with people, you're not above it and just serving them. I mean, I would say that humility is serving someone and that is felt through even the way we do our emails and very sensitive to how we even use our words and, you know, always asking how may I assist you? Is there anything else that we do for you? Just having that like really gentle kind of elegant customer service, even in a gym. Um, but no, I think what's helped grow V with that approach is the women on my team really respect me. And I don't say that lightly because... They're all so wonderful, and I'm lucky just to have them there. I mean, most of them are mothers um, or they're mothers and professionals. I mean, we have PTs, we have doctors, we have nurses. I mean, you just business women, firefighters. We have just so many different coaches, and they're giving me their luxury time, right, because they have their mm-hmm. day jobs. They don't need to coach part-time, and, you know, that's not paying their bills, and so to get that kind of attention from them is just so humbling and to make sure I earn it by making sure I do all the things I require of them. Um, Sometimes I've heard the statement like you run your business, don't let your business run you. Mm -hmm. And I've been encouraged to, you know, as V grows to get out of that a bit, like stop, Oh, well maybe stop coaching so much and, you know, start doing vision planning, whatever that means. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, things like that. And I'm just like, uh, that's that's not V. That's not how we do it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it slows our growth a little bit because I'm actively coaching or my other leaders are, I think that's what keeps us, you know, boots on the ground. That's yeah. what keeps us stronger. And that's what keeps the respect there amongst my team. That's why they'll do crazy things and move quickly with me in a direction is because they trust me and they know I'm going to put in the work with them. Yeah. I think that's something that I realized too is I – 
Cause I, ha- I often, cause I'll, I'll still do, um, even like sales calls. So like new lead calls Good. and people always say, like, why are you still doing calls? You don't need to do that. You have people who do sales and I'm mm-hmm. like, I know, but I love talking to new people, like people yeah. who are trusting us mm-hmm. to do this. You know, um, I recently, uh, we had, uh, my, my assistant, um, left and we brought on a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, still really close with her. She actually lives in the neighborhood, but she just mom life right. was more important and mm-hmm. things were getting really busy. So I took over client gifts and I've been loving it. So it's like <laughs> just writing handwritten notes and wrapping up the gifts and stuff every single Saturday mm-hmm. coming here with a cup of coffee and like listening to music and just packaging up gifts for my clients yeah. is the coolest thing. But like it's that's important. something that a, a like a business coach would right away be like, you got to stop wasting time upon. with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are you still coaching people? Why are you doing this? And I think like you said, it makes you who you are and it allows you to still understand right. their point of view. It's like the more successful you get, the more those kind of things aren't yours anymore. Mm-hmm. But if you can stay attached to those, I think that's really important. And maybe that slows down growth, but it probably ex- like extends how long yeah. you're going to grow for. Yeah. Because it keeps you... Maybe sudden growth, right? Maybe yeah. like quick growth, but I mean, that's yeah, I mean, it depends yeah. what how long you want your brand around. Mm-hmm. Like I hope my daughter's gets to work at V one day and to do that I have to like to stay on it you know I can't just let it slide I can't let the quality go down you know you have to connect and yeah it just depends on what kind of brand you want it's so cool yeah how old is your daughter five you have two kids one three three I have three two boys Callie's the only girl okay yeah and she's the youngest or the oldest the oldest at five okay so I have five three and one gosh and how long have you owned V (laughs) seven years almost So you've been like raising little ones the whole (laughs) time. Yeah, I started my first gym and then I got pregnant a a year later with my first. And then I had Callie. Callie was two months old when I opened Bonnie Lake and she was four months old when I opened Tacoma. Oh, that's so cool. So, yeah. And I've always been pregnant. (laughs) I feel like this whole time (laughs) I'm done now. (laughs) Or having babies throughout. It's like V and my family's been growing together at the same time. Yeah. Super, super cool. My daughter's four, so it's very similar. Like I actually left the gym to start my company because she was coming and I was like, okay, this is the time I have to make yeah. this move now. Yeah. So I that's gave up my true. Clients and changed. Yeah. Before it gets too risky. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, okay. So when you started getting into like, when, when was the point when you realized, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter how soon, but like there's, there was a point where you realized like, oh shit, this is actually going <laughs> to be pretty big. Mm-hmm. Was there ever like imposter syndrome with that? Like it's something I always hear from, and I usually the answer is yes. I know it was for me and most people, but I think we hear from entrepreneurs ask questions of the podcast all the time. And that's one of the biggest things is they're always like, how do you get over imposter syndrome? How did you work through that and still become successful? Um, and I've always thought that everybody kind of has it and it's a, maybe it's delayed. Like people just go and then it comes on later on and they're already in it. So screw it, keep going. Mm -hmm. Or they're just able to kind of like tune it out. But what was that like for you? Well, when I first started V, I guess I was at a period of my, you know, life where, I was like, I got nothing to lose. Like, you know, it's like no kids at that point, no mortgage. I lived above my gym for like three years oh, nice. in an apartment. So it was just, you know, it was really cheap. My husband still had a job. So even if I failed, like I would still have food, you know, I, yeah. I got a pretty easy time at that. So I didn't have those initial fears. Like, you know, like I'm going to quit my job and if we don't pay the mortgage. Like I thankfully was early twenties, so I didn't need to worry about that as much. But, um, No, I mean, even coming on this podcast, I was like, oh gosh, I don't know, like (laughs) if I should do that, like I'm going to look bad or I don't, I don't know if I have enough to offer. Um, So I think we all struggle with imposter syndrome, but I don't know, like when I first started V in my gut, in my heart, I knew 
I knew it could go places. I didn't know how, like people, like when I put on my Instagram, what kind of questions do you want? They're like, does your vision look like, you know, what you thought it would be? Like, are you where, like, did it go as far as you thought or is it still going? Or did you ever think it would be this? Like, that's a popular one. Did you ever think it would be this? And, um, I knew it had it in it, the brand. I knew instinctually this has it. I just can't blow it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't have a lot of that fear. I've, I've always been very confident in women need this. Yeah. Women need this and they need it in this way. And it's not out there. I've tried a lot of things and I can't find it. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring that to the table. And so I, I've never, never lost confidence in V because I believe in what it's doing. So, I mean, so you were just like, you're so humble. And now I'm like, oh, I knew it would be, it would work. But it wasn't me as much as I just knew that the environment I wanted to create for women and their families and their, in their lives and their strength and their fitness, this could, this is needed. This could work. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, no, we all struggle with, I'm not good enough or I'm nervous, but you just gotta go for it. There's nothing not humble about saying that, by the way, it's it's just confidence. And I think there's a point and this might sound cheesy, but I'd be curious your thoughts here. Um, there was points for me where I was just like me specifically is supposed to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. Nobody else the like calling this. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's a reason I'm here to do this thing. And I don't think anybody can do it the way that I do it. There's yes. other people who can do bigger, better, amazing things too. Right. Like whatever, but not your way, not my way. And not mm-hmm. this very specific thing that is helping mm-hmm. these specific people. Mm-hmm. So I think there's nothing wrong with saying that. Yeah. Do you, did you feel similar where like you just knew like, this is just like, yeah, I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. Like, um, So we talked about this on the phone together before committing to this, but I have a faith Mm -hmm. and that's very much so part of how I think and how I operate, how I treat people and things like that. And I I see those, you know, God's hands, handprints just through my life, crafting me for this time and to be a mom. And then to also to run V athletics from just the music, the exposure to the trainers I had and just, you know, all the, that whole journey. And, um, I know I'm called to do this right now. And until that changes, I'm here for it and I'm going to work hard. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's other gyms out there that are bigger and better, but this is, this is my thing right now. I've been asked this question a lot and you saying that made me think of this. And I'm curious if this is similar to you. People would ask like how, um, kind of like decision-making processes, like how are you able to make decisions so quickly to keep Mm. things moving forward? Um, when you said that, it made me think that you probably, because you feel this calling and because you mm-hmm. feel like you're supposed to do this with music and with the way it looks and with different locations, mm-hmm. it's almost easier to say yes because you can trust your mm-hmm. th- that feeling inside, that gut feeling mm-hmm. of like, yep, this is supposed to happen. I don't got to think about yep. it. Like, let's just do it. And then you can move faster. It's one of my strengths is I have a good feel. Like I have a good instinct for, I'm very, like my husband's always like, you're the most decisive person I know. I never have to ask someone their opinion. Now I'll check it sometimes, right? Like, um, if things are very, very similar, you know, it's very, very close together. But, um, for the most part, I think that almost makes it worse (laughs) asking too many people. Mm. Um, I just, for the most part, I make a, a gut call right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that probably allows your team to trust you more too. People respect that in leaders Mm -hmm. who are just like, they're ready to just pull the trigger and act because you're so confident in your ability to do so. Mm -hmm. They're going to trust you too. Now I've made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) I've made some mistakes, but nothing you can't recover from quickly. Right. So it's, it's not too damaging, but no, I think that a lot of times, like, like I'm sure you get this all the time. People ask for advice or can I get, you know, time with you to discuss my business model or what should I do? And 
I have to be honest, I never asked anyone that, like, prior to starting B. Mm. Like, I never sat down with another gym owner. Um, I never sat down with other entrepreneurs. I just had a sense for what I wanted to do. I love that. I don't know how to coach anyone into that, (laughs) honestly. I've always been big into coaching. um, But, like, I started without it. And, Mm -hmm. and like, for me, it was more or less, Mm -hmm. like, uh, the camaraderie and accountability to just keep, like, taking action, doing stuff. And I, I found a lot of times I would have mentors in my life where it, they weren't even necessarily telling me what to do. They were just listening to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And like just me telling somebody that I'm going to do this, like made me do it. Yeah. And then I just kept pulling the That's, trigger. Yeah. And I mean, and to be fair, I did have like, um, I have this lovely woman that I met through training. Of course, you always mm-hmm. make friends through training. Yep. Um, her name's Cheryl. And, you know, she's a mom and she she was a retired superior judge now. And so she's a definite power woman and stuff. And it was nice to talk to her about things like, hey, like, I want to start this gym. And she'd always be like, well, are you ready? Like, do you have the money? Like, she would make sure, like, I ha- had my, you know, crap together and whatnot. But um, so I'm not saying don't have people you can't be accountable to, whether that's a coach or a family member. But I didn't, like, seek out specifically gym owners or things like that to be like, how'd you do it? Because I figured it's just a bunch of risk taking, calculated risk taking, learning from your mistakes, adjusting quickly, Mm -hmm. and yeah, having that confidence. Well, and what I mean, I I hate people ask questions, and sometimes I want to say just Google it. (laughs) You you sound like such an asshole saying that. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a lot of things in business, like you said, it, it really is just knowing what you want to create and then being willing to take the risk mm-hmm. and then some math that you got to Google, you know, Google some stuff, read yes. some books or like people ask questions. I'm like, have you read any yes. of these books? And they're like, no, I don't really yes. read. And I'm like, well, there's your first biggest issue. Yes. Pick up a book. Right. I know it's, I, I don't want to be rude either, but sometimes it's like, where are you at in your process mm-hmm. to pulling the trigger? Like, have we put a little bit of groundwork in? before seeking this kind of attention or, you know, like, and that's not to like, Oh, I'm above helping. Not at all. But like, where are you at? Like, like have, like you said, have you read something? Have you explored opportunities? Have you looked into how much that would cost to rent? Like, Mm -hmm. have you done anything? Yeah. Uh, is, is there, I mean, you could, you could say book recommendations or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but, um, another one of the things that we kind of mentioned was, um, there's always a point in a business where you got to systemize more mm-hmm. and you, you mentioned going to Arizona. It was another one. And I'm yes. sure there was other periods of time because yes. it's always like you hit a new level mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh shit, I got to kind mm-hmm. of like rewrite the script. I had and to the play system. catch up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, at what point, um, like at what size it, and you don't have to like, not financially, yes. but like yes. the size of your team or right. members mm-hmm. or whatever, did you feel like you really started having to systemize things? Oh, yeah. It bit me in the butt hard just moving to number two and three. Mm. And I did them, as you, like I mentioned, my daughter's age. But I opened, gosh, I think V was open. Don't quote me on this. It's all a blur mom brain, right? But mm. um, I think V was open only not even two years before I expanded to three gyms. And so I was not ready for that internally. Like I was ready. And I think if you have a really dominant person that's really ambitious and responsible like you can make a lot happen with one very convicted person yeah. as you know you can get a lot done but that all of a sudden my team went from one to five right to gosh like 15 or 20 at this point and then it just it hit hard you know we didn't have a way to communicate the program in a way that didn't annoy people mm-hmm. you know that does matter um we weren't like we didn't even know how to like train people consistently, like to feel like V. Yeah. And so I really had to play catch up. And honestly, it was after just one gym. 
when it was one gym, I could control it because I'm there all day, every day. I lived above the gym, right? I can control that very well. But once we moved into even just two, three gyms, that's when it bit me in the butt. So I took a year off of expanding. I didn't expand my third year, I think. And I was like, okay, I just need to like write some stuff. I need to like yeah. figure this out so we stay high quality. And um, and through the years, we've developed things like the university. It's a, you know, it's a website, password protected, and it's training for our coaches. Both like here's here's our values, here it's our mission statement. Here it's our, we even did a cert as part of it, right? Anatomy and movement patterns, ones that are commonly used in our classes and formulas we do and whatnot. Like all of, all of that's there now because I need a guarantee now that I can't touch every single person that everyone has that same baseline of training and understanding of who we are. Like no, like undoubtedly everyone will have that now. Yeah. And then we still develop them from there. I love that so much. I think that, I don't know if it's the same in the, um, the gym setting, but I know in the online world, yeah. like when I look at <clears throat> competitors, a lot of times that's where they fall short is like they're like, as they grow, their team just gets worse and worse as far as coaching yeah. experience. No, and it education. was like a big fear of mine, like yeah. getting too big for yourself and then it imploding because you didn't figure out how to manage it. Yeah. And so like, that's where, cause I, I hate, I hate when people ask me like, like specific systems cause it's different for every business. Mm-hmm. But yes. I think that, you know, the education is one. I know we did that and we have a head coach and then we have our chief science officer who doesn't even coach people. He, he just does research right. in the field and he just helps educate mm-hmm. the team and myself. The guy's mm-hmm. the smartest person I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like, okay, we have to create a system for this. Right. So, right. um, have you ever read, uh, the e-myth? Mm-mm, no. Okay. So at first I always thought it was like, e- I don't know why I thought E like I saw e-myth and I related it to like ebooks and e- like internet. Even <laughs> yeah, though internet's I, I'm not sure. I, I'm like waiting for you to tell me. <laughs> it's entrepreneur myth. Okay. And so the thing in there, and I, I the reason I thought you might've read it is because they talk about kind of like this, it's almost like a family tree for your business. And this was like the big aha moment for us when we expanded it, and I was like, okay, how do I manage these people without being like always like boss, but also being a leader and also being a friend and also mm. being there for oh, them, man. you know? And so mm-hmm it's like this, I drew this big family tree on a, on a whiteboard and it was like me and then who's directly under me yeah. and then who are they leading the and then how are we connected and who's doing what you have to have something like that when mm-hmm. you have such a big company and you have all these different gyms mm-hmm. cause you have way more people working for you than I do. Um, different, but so yeah, but minor it, part time for the most part. But still, it's a, it's a lot, lot of, of personalities and goals going at once. 100%. Yes. And I was going <laughs> to say, for, from what I can tell from the type of person you are and type of business you guys run is like, I got to imagine you don't want to be in a place where you just don't know anything about some of these people because no. they're just at the bottom of the totem pole. Like, Who no, cares? No. So how did you, that to me, that would be the overwhelming right. part, like mm-hmm. business numbers, like investments, mm-hmm. risk. Cool. Right. Making sure that somebody feels loved on the other side of the, the mm-hmm. family tree, like that's right. what would like really stress important. me out. Well, that's so important too, because like I mentioned, most of my people are part-time. Mm-hmm. So they're not there for the money. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say that. I know yeah. they're not that, like, they're just not, it's part-time. Um, so yeah, making them feel valued. I've actually been part of, I want to say almost every interview V Athletics has ever done, except maybe, um, well, there was one in Arizona I missed, but I knew her. Um, so I don't know. I've been very careful about who I hire and I think across the board, especially like not an online business, maybe I'll let you speak to that. But like when you have, you know, a very relational in-person business, 
who you hire is everything. Mm -hmm. And then how you train them is everything as well after that. And so, um, the time I do with have with them, I just hope is really intentional. So I, I go around to all different locations and I coach at every single one of them, including Arizona. And, um, during that time, you know, I love when I see coaches in class because not only do I get to show them a class that I hope represents where, what we really want at the end of the day, but then I get to mess with them and, you know, mm-hmm. have just like normal casual interactions with them. That's really fun. We sound silly, but we host a lot of parties, like a lot of get togethers and take the time. Like we just did like a, you know, wine girls hang out in my house and then we do a big Christmas party and just making sure that they have that emotional connection because I always tell them they're the core of the sisterhood. We, our logo is strengthen, um, sisterhood slogan and uh you know they're the core so I always have to make sure they're healthy and they're treating each other well and treating the members well and and that's all good to go that's our culture I think that it's super super important in any business I think people make the mistake in the online Mm -hmm. world that they don't need to focus on those things no I can Um, imagine probably it's almost more maybe oddly because you you, they never see you yeah I mean so if you You don't have to connect with them like effort but a lot of people just neglect that they're like oh well it doesn't matter because it's online or it's not, you know what I mean? It but last long. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so we do very similar thing. I, kn- I know a lot of people in our industry who have cycled through coaches uh, so much more than mm-hmm. we ever have. And they've been around for half the time. Right. Because we just don't really cycle. Through. I mean, we have such a good core team. We do two meetups a year. Um, it does make it more complicated. You know, we have one of our head coach. He lives in Brazil yeah. now. So it's like. Getting his ass over here is difficult. <laughs> That's actually like, so at the, new, at the new building, we have that spare office we're building. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, this, this is, is your yours. Like, come <laughs> yeah. on. Um, it'll be your permanent office if you get on here. Pretty but cool though, Brazil. It is cool. Um, the hard part is his wife. His wife is Brazilian and she loves the sun. And I'm like, hey, come to Washington. <laughs> it's a hard sell. Yeah, it'll be great. The summer <laughs> month, just one. <laughs> it's great out here. Um, but I think that's uh, to, to the point is like the sisterhood, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Take it's so cool time. because- the culture inside what you guys have is really powerful. And I think that's what a lot of people miss on is being able to, to develop that. And and I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but a big part of that too is just, I don't want this to sound like it's fake cause it's not, but like saying it, you know, I actually learned this when I read uh, the love languages book mm-hmm. is like, I, I often found that I tell everybody else about how much I love my wife and all the stuff she does and everything. She's so great at and all this stuff. And then I forget to tell her because mm. I'm busy telling everybody mm-hmm. all day. I feel like I've said mm-hmm. it a million times, you know. And so, and it's the same with me. And my love language is words of affirmation, mm-hmm. you know. So I learned that sometimes you just have to actually speak that yeah. you're trying to build this culture. You want this culture. Mm-hmm. Your culture is this thing. And mm-hmm. when you speak it more and more and more, the people around you will believe in it more. Right. They will be a part of it more. Right. Even for the little things because you mm-hmm. can just keep reminding them, like, we are the sisterhood. Right. We, this is a thing. I'm here for you. Right. Like important and make sure you're accessible as you get bigger Mm -hmm. like don't like I mean of course everyone has margin right you only have so much time in a day especially as you have kids and jobs and relationships but just make sure you're accessible accessible for your people like do pick up the call or do text them back or really I'm I'm not perfect at it but I really try to make sure that I always get back to them Mm -hmm. or um, just check in randomly or send funny things you know just that natural interactions is what they want they want to feel equal and they know at the end of the day the jobs are different right and the responsibility levels are different but they just want to feel connected with 
Do you have a big vision? Or are you the kind that's like just go with the flow <laughs> and see where it <laughs> see where it lands? I think I have a vision of what V could be. I mean, I I don't know if I'm the person to do it, but I'm I'm going to try, but I mean, I think V Athletics I mean, I don't see why it couldn't be a nationwide brand. It even sounds scary to say out loud. I think it could go there. I don't know the path right now how to get that. Um, I think I could comfortably own quite a few Vs and run them really well and do all the things I'm talking about right now, like still providing that high-quality experience, still connecting with coaches, still um, create helping create a positive culture. Like I feel like I could do that with a pretty healthy big number, but like to get it nationwide – I don't know how that looks. I've always been um, not a huge fan of franchises. Maybe I changed my mind in a year. But um, they kind of scare me because I'm scared that, like, it's just one franchise owner away from killing the values of your yeah. brand, the integrity of your brand. And to give someone that level of trust, everyone pushes me. Franchise, franchise. I get offers all the time to franchise. All the time. And I've just always said no because I don't know if that person – will continue. I care so much about V mm-hmm. and I'm scared that they won't replicate what we've yeah. done. Like they'll just see the numbers and the the finances and want it for that reason and not understand it's, it's not that it's, it's for the community and the women there and just totally botch it. I think that's the double edged sword. A lot of people don't understand because if you, if you were just all about the acquisition, yeah, franchise it, wait a year, sell the, sell the company and just bounce, you know, but the exit strategy. Yeah, exactly. Exit strategy. But the problem is, is that the brands that are desirable and that people love are the brands that don't have that in mind. Mm-hmm. Typically, they're the brands mm-hmm. that care so much yeah. that it is what it is. And people are like, you should franchise because this is great. And it's like, yeah, it's great because I'm not franchising. You know, like that's <laughs> that's why you like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't done that. That's and tough. not to say there can't be great franchises. I'm always trying to figure out what Chick-fil-A did. I don't even, have you Googled how, oh my God, how you fig- crushing it? I know, but like you Google it and you're like, okay, so it's a, is it privately owned? Is it a public? Is it, fran- it's not a franchise. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, so like, for example, like I, f- I found this guy. Um, I kind of assumed it was a franchise because aren't all fast foods franchises? <laughs> not all. Um, McDonald's is, I know that because they have like a really, I think have a really crazy process on how you apply to be one. Okay. Um, but no, they aren't. Because I've always like, how did they do it? Because they've kept so strong, right? Like mm-hmm. everyone always jokes about it and how they treat you in the line. And yeah. their people are crazy good. Um, it's not a franchise. It's something, and I'm going to botch it, but it's something like, I don't even know if the owner is actually an owner as much of a really big manager. Mm. I'm not sure how it works. I'm trying to figure out what they did. Maybe I'd be interested in doing that yeah. because somehow they got everyone to feel the same. Well, and I think, I, I think to that point, the more specific your service is, I think the harder it is to be a franchise because you're not just a group fitness place, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. Orange Theory, they're, I'm assuming they're, they're a franchise. franchise yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No offense to any Orange Theory instructors, but it's probably not rocket science to figure out how to run one of those classes because I don't think that they go to the extent that you go to, to make sure the experience is what it is. I remember being coached um, early on and this guy was doing, giving a seminar and he was like, Every single time a client walks in, they are expecting a show. So give them a show. Like mm-hmm. literally they are paying money. So if you pay money to go see like a Broadway show, you, it better be good. Right. That's how you should treat this because they're coming and paying money to like mm-hmm. have the best have part experience. of their day. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit, that's a lot of pressure. Or you can get really excited about it. But the problem is that does get watered down when you start franchising right. and start expanding too much. Yeah. Um, and that's to your point of having that education for yeah. your coaches too, because 
you you talked about functional bodybuilding, functional mm-hmm. fitness, and strength training, and then we do some Olympic lifts and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. We dabble. You have a method though. Mm-hmm. Your method just isn't CrossFit. Your yeah. method is V. Like, right. it's and a I talk brand. about the same thing. It's a different brand. Yeah. yeah no, I mean. But you have to teach your team that in a way that's very structured and systemized for them to be able to do it mm-hmm. the way that you yeah. want oh, them yeah. to we do it. We always say it's the V way or that's very V. Everyone yeah. knows what those things kind of mean. I love for that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a lot of fun. So well, we're going to wrap up here, but I just have like a couple more yeah. questions real quick. The, um, for, for your, your vision, just thinking of that still, um, do you want to like, have you thought about when it does become like 10 more gyms, are you still going to be able to do like, w- at what point do you think you're going to have to just accept that? Like, okay, like I can't do as many classes or I can't do this part of it. I have to like, do you, right. do you have those things in mind? Cause obviously you're a mother of three yes. kids. Like fair question. So. And something I think about a lot. So, um, my husband a lot, he's someone I really trust and we just go back and forth with these kind of conversations and he'll just, um, he'd be like, so are you burnt out? I'll be like, no good. Like, I love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. I'm good with this. Um, I have zero exit strategy. I've never once thought I'm going to get to this number and then sell and then pick up something new because I just love it. He's like, what would you do if not be? And I was like, well, I'd probably be way too intense of a mom. (laughs) Like I need to (laughs) find like a couple other things to balance that out. But no, I don't, I don't, I just love what I do. I kind of live in the moment with that. And, um, I'm not, I'm not even like a really traditional CEO and all the, in the, all the things like I do things to kind of like safeguard, like, for example, I couldn't tell you how many members we have. I'm glad you didn't ask me that question because everyone asks me that questions and they probably think I'm lying because I always say, I don't know. It's totally true. My husband knows um, because he helps me with some of the finances now, but to keep like my work pure and to really just focus on the creative process and the experience that would get in my head and influence some of my decisions. So I just really like to focus on the people. Um, we grow as fast as we can. People are like, oh, you should do this or come out here, or, come to, you know, um, Maple Valley or, you know, I get all these requests and locations. I'm like, oh, I don't know, kindergarten is coming up and <laughs> it seems mm-hmm. kind of hard. And so it's like, I just take it with my family because that's what matters more. Like V is amazing and it's doing great things. But at the end of the day, I would never sell out my family for my company. Yeah. And I, thank God, have a bunch of other women who totally agree, agree with that. Yeah. No one, like all of us, I think um, all of, a lot of us are mothers, especially the ones that I work closely with. And we all get when we say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't make the meeting um, at 3 p.m. on a Monday, right? Like something that might be more expected at a different company, like a normal working hour. And they'll be like, oh, I have a volleyball game or I have something going on and we're like, Oh yep. Mm -hmm. That's sacred. You know, Mm -hmm. like we don't touch it. We'll talk tonight at seven. Like we figure it out. And, um, so yeah, I mean, we'll keep growing because I get bored easily and my team likes to move fast and adjust with me. So we'll figure it out. If I had to throw out a number, what I could personally handle myself with the same business model we're running now, which is just me owning them. I think with our current systems and processes, if I wanted to get this number, I could handle 20 alone. I love that. So that's kind of like the number I'm guessing I could handle. Yeah. Um, after that, we'd have to make probably some changes. <clears throat> I got to imagine by the time you got there, you'd have somebody right next to you that would be able to, you would trust to to help run things the way you do. I mean, yes. You know? Yes. We, I've kind of like everyone that's, you know, risen with me has honestly been with 
us at the company and mm-hmm. we've trained people to develop and to think better. And that's like something that kind of like drives me insane too. It's like, people are always like, oh, you don't train people for the job. You pick people for, that are ready for the job as is. I like to do a mix of both. I think it depends yeah. what it is. Um, I just don't know what V will need at a point in the future. Yeah. It's hard to say, w- w- will your talent within the gym meet all those needs? I hope it would. But, you know, I just kind of, I don't well, go there yet. And the personality of an individual is, it's so important. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've always said, like, obviously, if, if you've, like, for us, nutrition, if you don't know what a macro is, mm-hmm. well, you're probably not right yeah. for the job. <laughs> no. But, like, I have coaches that will come aboard and they're like, well, like, do I have to have, like, a four-year degree in this and that? And I'm like, you got to legally be certified in this stuff, of course. But we have a PhD researcher on staff. We'll teach you. If you're, yeah. if you're the right person. Willing to learn and smart. Yeah. Have some baseline knowledge. Yeah. And can connect with people. Mm-hmm. You'll go really far. Yeah. You can't, like, because you can't be, I mean, you know, especially as a personal trainer, if you don't know how to have conversations and connect no. with people, that is an awkward job <laughs> to have. You're not going to do well. No. No. I mean, a lot of our... Yeah. There's like with V, there's like a production side to how you do it, right? Like there's that entertainment. Are you interesting to have conduct a class? You're not mm-hmm. just like, meh, you like take it seriously. Then there's the conversations that are happening. Can you engage? Can you focus? And then can you also be a competent trainer? Yeah. So you really need that full package with what we do. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So um, things to leave everybody with, because I think we're like probably hitting at an hour or so, right? Cool. Um, number one, like, I want to like give them, we always say like, oh, like what's your Instagram? Like that way they can follow you and stuff. Mm-hmm. I know you're not super big on that, yeah. but is there like places, obviously the gym Instagram, so drop that. Yeah. Yours too, if you want people to follow you. If you don't want people to follow you, don't say it. But <laughs> um, any type of stuff that can send people your way, because there's a lot of people in our state. There's a lot of people out of state. There's a lot of people that, um, I mean, shit, is Bailey in close to Chandler? Our assistant's right over there. So oh. like, um, and we, I've spoken Scottsdale every time. But there are multiple times. Yeah. Oh, so you know exactly. Yeah. So we, we have people everywhere. Um, and within the next few years, you're going to be everywhere. So um, yeah. let's uh, not to put a timeline on you, but um, <laughs> where can people follow your stuff, get info from you, all that kind of stuff, um, just so they have. What's okay. Um, yeah. So I would definitely always recommend just following B Athletics, right? Because we're a very small company, believe it or not. So you're going to see a lot of my strong voice within all of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, my, my personal Instagram, it's, you know, it's, friend request it but it's private it's not like a huge following um not super impressive in that way but um it's actually more impressive I have to cut you off I'm sorry but like I'm more impressed with very successful entrepreneurs who haven't and I guess like you came in you're asking me about this stuff so it might be the grass always greener but I always love seeing like god you've built something so cool and so big and I can't find your Instagram (laughs) like (laughs) I think a peaceful life is good I think privacy is peaceful. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't need the fame and the status, like just enjoy like a really casual, peaceful life. Yeah. I'd recommend it. Yeah. It's not for everyone. But, but you also have to have a really good product in order for it to grow that way. Because mm-hmm. I can leverage a lot of things online to get people to see what we do. Yeah. Whereas like if they don't drive by you or hear somebody talk about it, mm-hmm. it's that more, much more difficult to get people in the door, right. which means a lot of people are talking about it when yeah. I know they are, cause I hear mm-hmm. it all the time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, well, I mean, should I give you my professional email? Should I just say that for people? Yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, it's just my name, A-M-B-E-R at vathletics.com. Perfect. And we, d- I do my best to get through those all emails within 24 hours. Um, you know, and, and there is like, naturally I have 
only certain amount of time because at the end of the day, yeah. I pri- prioritize my kids and the company and, th- and, you know, my relationships. But I really try to encourage people, even if it's just like responses to basic questions mm-hmm. um, or sending them in a different direction. So, yeah, I would love to help in okay. that way. Yeah. So at V Athletics. Yes. Amber Instagram. at vathletics.com and then at V Athletics for Instagram itself. And then vathletics.com is just the normal website, yeah. I'm assuming. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll put all that in the description. Um, the two final questions I have for you, like number one, um, what do you want to like leave people with who are female entrepreneurs? So there's other women out there that want to start a gym. They want to start an online business. They want to start a wine bar. They want to start anything. Mm-hmm. Like what, what piece of advice would you give them just based on your experience of growing something from an idea to almost seven gyms already? Right. Um, that's such a big question, right? Like you could write a book on mm-hmm. that question. So it's hard to pinpoint one thing, but um, be willing to, this is, this is also like Pinteresty, but honestly, be willing to work really hard and, um, and b- try not to, for the sake of your family and your colleagues, try to stay as neutral as possible because as you know, entrepreneurship is such a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. It's so up and down and to put those you love through that with you is, is hard on them too. So I just really try to stay in the middle and that includes like, I don't over celebrate maybe that's not cool. But like, if I get a, like a really big win, like I don't like all of a sudden I'm in a great mood and I'm just happy to be around. Mm -hmm. And then, but then, oh, I get bad news or crummy news the next day. And now I'm low and I'm just, everyone can feel that. I think just stay as neutral as possible and carry that out throughout like your conversations to the way you think, stay right in the middle and stay dependable for people. Um, I think as women, we're such feelers. It's one of our biggest strengths, but it also can be more difficult for others to navigate if you don't control that and keep it in the middle. Um, There's so much great advice out there, but I'd say just work hard and try to stay in that neutral place for people. I love that. I love both those things. I've, I've, I've personally, it's not just women. I've literally pulled over and meditated before going home (laughs) to intentionally, to get you out of what just happened so you can be, yeah, yeah exactly. It matters. Um, Especially with colleagues too. Like they don't need to feel that. That's not their mm-hmm. job to carry that. You need to control that. You need to figure that out before you enter into new space. And there's been times where I didn't and I paid the consequence. Whereas yeah. now I've learned that's not acceptable. Same. I love that. Um, okay. And then uh, the last thing is just what you want people to, I guess like an elevator pitch. What do you want people to know about V? Like if, if somebody asks you in an elevator, like... <laughs> Well, what is V? Yeah, what is V? And like, it's obviously a gym, but what are you guys about? Like, Gosh. what do you? What's your like little? Yeah, if I had it just like you're brand new and they're like, "What do you do? Own oh, a gym? Oh, what's a gym? Well, it's class based fitness. We have a specific focus on women's fitness, and that's who you know. We tailor everything to. I just said tailor. It's on your shirt. Tailor everything. <laughs> that's why we <laughs> did that. <laughs> yeah, just like um, tailor everyone it too. And um, I would say that yes, there's an emphasis on strength. That's like why we have that in our slogan, like strength is what you'll do there. It's going to be strength training. However, what you gain through that is going to be that sisterhood that comes through it. And it's such a beautiful, positive culture and, and you get a lot done and it's efficient. And, um, you know, like most gyms, however, I would just say we've mixed those two really nicely together. They don't exist without one another at V. I love it. I love it. And I would say it's like the only gym 
around that I know that does it that way. So, cool. um, and we named it tailored because everybody kept saying tailored. Like, Let me <laughs> <laughs> steal this word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, thank you for coming to the facility. Thank you for being on the podcast. Um, I know it's not something you normally do. Thank you for having me. So it's an honor and I appreciate it. I think there's a lot of people who are going to get a lot out of this. Um, I'm sure your people are going to get a lot of this too, but I know there's a ton of listeners who are going to love hearing this. So seriously, so. we appreciate it a ton. Thank you. Thank you.